0: Awesome video, right? So, we are in a series right now called Activate. And this series, last week we talked about how there can, there can be things, certain elements that come into our lives that can cause us to react to situations in a different way. I'm not answering questions right now. you can't. So, <clears throat> there are different situations that come up in your life that cause you to react to situations in a different way. And how the cool thing, but the cool thing about those situations is that you have the ability to make that decision when it comes to how you react. So you can choose to react to a negative situation in a positive way and take that as an opportunity to grow, like we saw with the gummy bear last week, or you can take that situation as a chance to explode or melt down, like we saw with the Mentos and Diet Coke, and like we saw with the gummy bear in the potassium chlorate. Those things just did not mix very well, and it was bad news for the gummy bear and the Mentos. <clears throat> so, chemicals can, have, can activate a huge reaction, and situations can do the same. The difference is you have the choice when it comes to it, when it comes down to it, what the outcome will actually be. So, <clears throat> I want to tell you a quick little story about me whenever I was 10 years old, and I had a situation... That caused me to have a meltdown. So we'll talk about it, I guess. Alright. So whenever I was 10, I had this this four-wheeler and it was huge. And it was we called it the fat pig. We really did. It had like a sticker on the back, and it was literally like the the sticker said the fat pig. So this this four wheeler was awesome. It would go through literally anything. It would you could take it mudden, you could jump jumps with it. It was crazy. It was really fun. I love that (coughs) four-wheeler. We had, my parents, whenever I was growing up, we had a bunch of, like, property out behind our house, and there was a bunch of trees, and we had trails that went through the trees to ride four-wheelers on. So, one day, this one fateful day, I was riding, and there's this one bump. It was probably about yay high, and (coughs) if you got going fast enough, you could jump pretty far, off this jump with the fat pig. Well, on this particular jump, so you go over the jump, and then you land, and then you have to turn to go around this gigantic pine tree. So you just jump, and you, you, you hit, and you go around, and you jump, and you land, and you go around. So, and then it's just like on a big loop. So you just do it over and over and over again. So <clears throat> what, you don't, what I didn't realize at the time, because I was 10, is that the faster I went, the further I went whenever I landed and the less time I had to turn to go around that tree. So, I the last time I ever went over that jump on the fat pig, <clears throat> I was going really, really fast. I hit the jump. The four-wheeler never hit the ground. Straight into the tree. And it hit so hard that it the four-wheeler had like a, like a metal rack on the front end of the four-wheeler it literally wrapped the rack around the tree, and I went straight up in the air. So I'm like sitting on the four-wheeler like this, and I go straight up, head over, or heels over my head, and slam up against the tree, and slid down the tree into the four-wheeler. <laughs> True story. <clears throat> I-, I could not be more serious right now. So I'm walking back to the house, because it's about 500 yards to the house, And I'm walking back, and I'm, like, dragging a leg because it hurts so bad. My back is, like, my shirt's all ripped open. I'm bleeding. It was bad. I I hit it probably going about 25 or 30 miles an hour. I could have died. Legitimately could have died. So I jump over this thing, hit the tree, slam into it, slide down. It's ugly, you know. I get up to the house. My dad's like, what the heck happened to you? I'm like, Dad, fat pig's in bad shape. So we go back to the fat pig. He had to bring his truck back there and tie a chain to it just to get it off the tree. It was like like stuck in the tree. Like I can't impress that enough on you right now, how hard I hit this tree. Like I literally wrapped this four-wheeler around this tree. So <clears throat> he pulls it off the tree. Then we had to chain the, the back of the four-wheeler, the axle, to a post a fence post, and he had to hook the front of the four-wheeler to the back of his truck so we could pull the rack out of the front of the four-wheeler because it was so smashed up into the four-wheeler. It was bad. It was a really, really bad crash. And for about three months, we also had another four-wheeler. And for about three months, I couldn't ride my four-wheeler. I was just filled with anxiety and, and fear when it came to getting back on that four-wheeler. I mean, can you imagine like like wrapping a four-wheeler around a tree like that and then just like going and be like, oh, let's just go ride the four-wheeler again. Like It just wasn't happening for me. It might have worked, but I just wasn't going to try it. I'm not answering questions. <clears throat> so, once, once I started to doubt that one thing about the, my ability to ride my four-wheeler, it just it made me doubt everything about my four-wheeler. I know that's a silly story, but for many people, it's a representation of what happens with, with our faith. You start out at 100%, and, you know, when you, when you ask Jesus to come into your heart, you start out at 100%, and, and you're at this place where you're like, God can do anything. Like, there's absolutely nothing in this world that God couldn't overcome or heal or deliver someone from or make new or, you know, what, whatever it may be. They're, like, God can do literally anything. He created the universe. People start out at 100% and they're full bore and they're just going, 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 going. But then something happens for a lot of people. And it causes them to question whether or not that experience or, or their experience of who God is is actually... Who he claims to be. So, and that those things can look like like they can be maybe it's a maybe it's a small, maybe it's something small. your 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 doubt didn't creep in because of an earth-shattering circumstance. Maybe it was just a comment. Maybe it was just one of your family members that you look up to questioning whether God was real or questioning his existence. And because you look up to them and respect them, it made you question it as well. Or a close, maybe a close friend. Tease you for living out your faith and being closed-minded because of how of what you believe or how you believe. All of a sudden you started questioning: is this really the way I want to live my life? Is this really who I want to be? It, It starts to put you in a place where you question whether or not this is who you are, who you want to be, who you should be. Maybe it was a big deal. Maybe Maybe you found out that something was bigger. Maybe someone you loved got sick. Maybe you prayed and God didn't heal them and they passed away. He didn't heal them. And it left you feeling confused. And it left you full of doubt. Maybe your parents got divorced. And you felt like God wasn't there. Maybe things started falling apart. Maybe something really bad happened in your life and it left you wondering, if God is who he says he is, how could something this awful happen to me? If God really is a good father, if he really does love me more than anything else in this entire universe, then how did something this bad happen to me? How could something that hurt me this much happen to me if the creator of the universe loves me like he claims to? And you're just, you're just left full of, full of doubt. When bad things happen to us, doubt often follows. The truth is, feelings like doubt, skepticism, and uncertainty aren't usually aren't unusual when it comes to faith. Why? Because faith faith can be hard. Faith faith is faith is hard to figure out sometimes. Believing in something that you can't see or can't touch or feel. Sometimes that's hard. That's a lot harder than just trusting in things like Sometimes you just have a best friend that you know is going to have your back no matter what. And when the rubber meets the road, they're going to be there for you. And that's something that you can trust and see and feel. But God, you can't see. And it's easy to doubt whether or not God's going to be there for you when you really need it because you don't, the bottom line is you can't see Him. These are just real questions. These are questions that I've asked myself. Has anybody else ever wondered, like, is God is God actually real? I can't see him. Can he actually do the things that the Bible says he can? I've never heard his voice. I've never heard God, like the stories in the Bible where the heavens open and a bright light shines down on someone and he says, Austin. I am the God of the universe. You know, I've never had that happen to me. And God say, if you look to your left, there's $3 million. I know that you need money right now, and I wanted to provide. Has anybody ever had God do that to them? I mean, honestly, like, sometimes it's hard to, sometimes it's hard to, to just fully trust in, in God because the bottom line is you can't see him. Sometimes doubt creeps in. Sometimes, sometimes it's tough. Sometimes it's hard. Sometimes you just doubt. Sometimes when doubt gets big enough, it feels like it can deactivate our faith for good. Like, there's absolutely no way that after the situation that I just went through, that I could ever trust God and have faith again. Sometimes doubt gets to the point where it's like that. But, in fact, faith and doubt can actually work together. Last week we talked about chemistry And how any time two chemicals are put together, a reaction takes place. Something is activated. The same thing is true for faith and doubt. When the two are put together, something powerful can happen. Today, we're going to look back at our old friend Peter. Who remembers we talked about Peter last week? Peter, anybody? Peter? Yes. Peter is my favorite disciple because he was crazy. Legitimately nutso. The guy had we talked about last week, he had a mouth so big he could drive a ship into it. He just never knew when to stop talking, never knew when to shut up. Does anybody know anybody like that? Yes? Oh, my wife's looking at me with piercing eyes right now. <laughs> so funny. Okay, so today we're going to talk, we're going to look at another story about Peter. And Peter experienced a reaction between doubt and faith. In fact, it's one of the craziest experiences a single person could have in their entire life. And even if you're not dealing with any doubt in your life right now, what you can learn from this encounter could be a game changer, game changer when you face doubt in the future. So, Peter was one of Jesus' Jesus's most emotional bold, outspoken disciples, if he was thinking something, every person within the vicinity of him knew that he was thinking something. So it's no, experience, it's no surprise that his experience with doubt was no different. An experience that would become a defining moment in Peter's life and in his, in his story, to put it more plainly. Peter and the other disciples, here's the story. Peter and the other disciples were taking a boat ride, and they were going to basically Jesus was like, Hey guys, you guys go across the, the Sea of Galilee. It was like a big huge lake in in Israel. You guys go across the lake. I'll meet you guys on the other side. So naturally the disciples are like, Yeah, okay, cool, Jesus, we'll see you on the other side on the land. You know, that's what usually what you think when someone's like, Hey, I'll see you on the other side of the lake. They're like, Yeah, sure, I'll see you like on the land. All right, cool. Be there in a little bit. See you there. I don't know how you're gonna get there, but cool, whatever. So, naturally, Jesus, being who he was, had other plans. So notice how Matthew, in Matthew chapter 14, verses 26, 25 through 31, describes it. Shortly before dawn, Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. When the disciples saw him walking on the lake, they were completely and totally terrified. It's a ghost, they said. And they cried out in fear. But Jesus immediately said to them, "Take courage! It is I. Don't be afraid." So, just to, just to recap, the disciples see someone walking on the lake. Is that not weird to anyone else but me? Am I the only one? N- no one else. Okay, I'm I'm going to go back a little bit. <clears throat> there. Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. Nothing, no one. Okay, one guy, one guy. Jesus went out to them, walking on the lake. He was walking on water. Okay, enough with the crickets. He was walking on water. Jesus is literally walking on the water. So at at, the, at and, and someone's like basically like, uh, guys, guys, it's dark, but there is. That is a person over there. Like, we're in a boat in the middle of a giant body of water. That's a person. A human person. I'm pretty sure it's a ghost. <clears throat> I can relate. Pretty much everyone peed in their pants. That's, that's pretty much what happened. Every disciple on the, on the boat at the time just whizzed themselves. And I don't, honestly, I can't blame them. So... And, you know, Jesus is basically like, hey, guys, no big deal. Don't worry about it. It's just me. I would have literally screamed, cried, jumped, hid, passed out, peed myself, maybe other things, you never know. It would have been really scary to see some human being walking across the water. But notice Peter. Peter in this story, Peter, Peter in the Bible in general is just something else. So Peter goes, Hey, I'm just going to paraphrase. She's going to put it up on the screen. But in verse 27, Peter, Peter goes, um, or, sorry, verse 28, Peter says, Lord, if it is you, I want to come hang out with you on, on the lake, if that's cool. Like, what? Peter, I'm not sure if you're familiar with how science works, but when you get on water... You don't stay on the water. The water eats you. Okay? I'm sorry, Peter, but, but when you step off of the side of the boat, that's how it works. You don't, you don't just stay up there on top and you're just kind of hanging out. Jesus is the son of God, Peter. The son of God does what he wants. We get it. It's a little scary even though like we're watching it happen right now. But, Peter... We can't walk on water. Water eats people. Okay? That's what happens with water. Okay? And, and you know, naturally, Jesus is like, oh, okay, come. Literally, the only thing Jesus is like, okay. He's like, Lord, if it's you, let me come to you on the water. And Peter's like, and Jesus says, cool. Come on out, Peter. So, Peter, you know, I, I always... I've, been, I've heard this story since I was a little kid, and I've always wondered what it looked like when Peter, like, starts walking on the water. So, is he, like, steps over the side of the boat? You know, the boat's probably, like, really high side, so he's, like, sliding over the side, and he's, like, like, puts one foot down, and he's, like, I mean, can you imagine? Like, you're standing on water. How cool would that be? He's just, like, guys, guys, are you seeing this? Somebody get out their iPhone. We gotta put this on Instagram. This is crazy. So Peter's like, like walking. You know, he's on. He's walking on the water, and he's like, I mean, how scary would this be, honestly? Yeah. What if a shark just bites your foot off? <laughs> <Just> <laughs> I mean, that would be that would be that would be my luck, honestly. So, but Peter, he's like, all right. He's like, okay, cool. I'm good. I'm good. So they're like, so he starts. You know, naturally, he's just like, okay. I can, I can just see him right now. He's like. So he's like looking at Jesus. He's got his eyes fixed on Jesus over here. And he's, he's like, he's looking and he's watching. And then <clears throat> two words, rogue wave, rogue wave. Yeah. You guys know what a rogue wave is, right? It's just like a random ginormous wave that comes out of nowhere. So Peter's standing there and he's walking towards Jesus. And then out of the corner of his eye, rogue wave. Humongous rogue wave coming right at him. So instead of looking at Jesus and keeping his eyes fixed on the person who was allowing him to walk on the water, to be quite honest, instead of keeping his eyes on Jesus, rogue wave. Okay? So... He looks over at this rogue wave that's three times bigger than him, I would assume. Just massive wave looking over. And he goes, "Ah." I mean, he's looking over at this massive wave. And remember, we talked about this. Water eats people. So Peter sees this giant wall of water that's 400 times bigger than him. And he goes, in his mind, crap, water eats people. I'm sure that's what was going on in his head, and so he starts to sink. Uh, Now, now, for whatever reason, straight now, now reality starts kicking in for Peter. I think, and he starts realizing, what the heck was I thinking? (laughs) I just told my friends that I wanted to walk on top of water. Okay, I sound like a crazy person. I'm sinking now. I think it's over. This is the end of the line. Jesus, please help me. So Peter starts sinking, and he screams out, and he says, Lord, save me. And Jesus reaches out his hand, grabs Peter, and he pulls him out of the water. And they both go to the boat, and they get inside the boat. And Jesus says, you have little faith. Why did you doubt? You see, Peter saw this ghost walking on the water and what they thought to be a ghost walking on the water, coming at him and he was freaking and they were all freaking out. And then he hears Jesus' voice say, hey guys, don't worry about it, it's me. I'm coming at you, don't worry, it's all good. And then he says, well, dude, if it's you, I want to walk on water too, that looks fun. Let's, let's do it. So he gets on the water, and then a situation pops up in the corner of his eye. That because of the distance between him and the wave and the distance between him and Jesus appeared bigger than Jesus. You see, I have some good news for you guys. Every situation in your life The only time that it can be bigger than God is when you let it be. The only time a situation can have more authority in your life than God does is when you let it be. The only time bullying can rule your life in school instead of letting God come in and step in and take control is when you let it. The only time sickness can rule your family instead of God bringing healing to that situation is when we let it. There's a lot of things that we'll catch out of the corner of our eye when we're trying to keep our our eyes fixed on Jesus, our eyes fixed on the prize, our eyes fixed on the creator of the universe. There's a lot of things that can happen in our lives. A lot of things are going to pop up. And the only time that those things can have any place in us is when we let them. So, I'm here to tell you that there have been many, 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 many times in my life where I've doubted and wondered if God was real or wondered if he could fix the problem that I was having or if he would intervene in the situation that I was going through. There's been a lot of times. But every time he showed up, every time he's come through, it didn't matter how much I doubted because the bottom line is Jesus is okay with your doubt. He doesn't expect us to believe and believe every single time. He's not disappointed us when, when we do see the wave. He still reaches out his hand and pulls us out of the water and saves us. He's still going to be there for us in every situation, even when we're not looking at him. Even when he's not the center, the centerpiece, the focal point of our lives. He's going to be there. He's okay with us not trusting every single time. I don't know why we don't, because he shows up every time. But he's okay with our doubt. He's okay if we mess up. He's okay if we don't have it all together. So, with every head bowed and every eye closed, no one looking around, I want everybody to to think about what What's going on in your life that's causing you to doubt? What's the rogue wave that you might be dealing with today? What's the situation that, because it's so close to you, seems like it's bigger than God?